It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Coming up on today's show, all kinds of COVID developments in our country and in our province. We'll hear from the Premier as we make some slight changes to restrictions in Alberta. Big problems in sports when it comes to COVID-19. And we'll chat with Dr. Shazma Mathani. She's a voice of reason for us, an emergency room physician, and get her take on where we are. All right, a news conference about to get underway. Alberta Premier Jason Kenney, our Health Minister Jason Copping, and Chief Medical Officer of Health Dr. Dina Hinshaw. The latest on COVID and Omicron and what's happening. Uh, we'll get the details. Jason Kenney has just started to speak. Well, good morning. I'm uh, here today with Minister Copping, and we're being joined in Edmonton by Chief Medical Officer Dr. Hinshaw. Uh, to provide an important update on the response of Alberta to COVID-19 and the steps that we're taking to protect Albertans from the Omicron variant. Uh, we had to reschedule this update from last night because of a last-minute meeting with the Prime Ministers, uh, the Prime Minister, pardon me, and the Premiers regarding Omicron. Uh, this morning, I was actually scheduled to begin a four-day investment promotion trip to Toronto, uh, but given emerging concerns about Omicron, we've uh, shifted that trip to a series of uh, video meetings with Canadian business leaders, allowing me at the same time to be here on the ground uh, to, uh, while working with Minister Copping and our health officials on the public health challenge. As you know, the Omicron variant of COVID-19 has now been detected in 77 countries around the world, three weeks after first being reported in South Africa. Researchers are working tirelessly to learn more about Omicron, but there are still many unknowns, including the risks of serious outcomes and how effective vaccines are against this variant. What is known is how quickly and easily it can spread. Early evidence suggests that Omicron is significantly more transmissible than the Delta variant, which was previously the most contagious version of COVID-19. We don't need to look outside our country to see the rapid spread that happens with this highly transmissible variant. Ontario is quickly seeing new cases of Omicron emerge. Early evidence from around the world suggests that Omicron doses, uh, does not cause severe illness at the same rate as Delta. This is encouraging, and it's a reason not uh, to panic or to be motivated by fear. However, because of its extraordinarily high rate of transmission, it might still represent a risk to our healthcare system. Just let me pause to say that if we get extremely widespread population transmission all at the same time, even if a very small percentage of people experience, experience severe symptoms and require, for example, intensive care, that could potentially uh, challenge the capacity of our healthcare system. So we need to be prudent and cautious as we wait for more data to emerge about the nature of Omicron. Yesterday, I participated in a call with the Prime Minister, as I mentioned, and the, my fellow Premiers, to discuss the challenges that Omicron presents to each of our provinces and to the entire country. What was clear to me on the call was that we are all keen 
to minimize the spread of Omicron in order to protect our hospitals. And here in Alberta, that means continuing on with the things that we know work. Programs like the restrictions exemption program, targeted health measures like mandatory masking in public places, and most importantly, continued expansion of COVID-19 vaccination with a focus now on booster shots. But that's not uh, all that we are doing. We can't protect ourselves from this virus or its variants with just one or two tactics. We have to have to use every possible tool at our disposal uh, to limit spread of the virus. This includes having a robust testing program to identify cases as early as possible uh, to prevent potential spread. Alberta has been a real leader in Canada in testing for COVID-19 since day one. We prioritized testing and invested heavily in, in this program because we know how critical it is to understand and limit the spread of the virus. Rapid testing can be helpful in getting Albertans who have potentially become infected uh, to isolate before they may even realize that they have the disease. That is why I'm announcing a significant expansion of our rapid testing program today. Beginning December 17th, any Albertan will be able to go to select Alberta Health Service sites and select pharmacies to get a free rapid antigen test kit. Each rapid test kit will include five rapid tests and detailed instructions on how and when to use them. More than half a million kits will be available for at-home use on a first-come, first-served basis at approximately 740 sites across the province. Albertans will be able to pick up a box for themselves and one box for those uh, who cannot pick up themselves who might be in their household, provided they have each individual's healthcare number. The kits are intended for those without COVID-19 symptoms. Uh, if you, excuse me, the, the I should say that the kits are uh, used for those who uh, don't have symptoms. If you do have COVID symptoms, or if you receive a positive uh, result on a rapid test, people should immediately isolate and do a PCR test at an AHS assessment center. We are also making rapid test kits available to any K-6 school on alert status. And that means any school that has at least two COVID-19 cases that uh, attended school while infectious in the previous 14 days. This is an expansion of our rapid testing program for K-6 schools, as we previously provided tests only to schools with an, an, on outbreak status, that is to say with 10 or more COVID cases. Tests will continue to be made available on a voluntary basis for those schools uh, and for parents and staff who choose to use them. These testing kits will provide an extra layer of defense against the virus and will bring peace of mind to families who may be trying to do the right thing to limit transmission to others. This is especially welcome at this time of year, as we know more Albertans will be mixing and mingling uh, throughout the Christmas season and often traveling from, for example, cities to hometowns. Expanded rapid testing adds to our current public health measures and our ongoing work to ensure that Albertans are protected by the vaccine, but it does not replace either of these. The vast majority of Albertans understand this and they have made the decision to get vaccinated. To date, we have distributed uh, 5.9 million rapid tests to Albertans. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, we are concerned that our current supply, though, of only half a million kits 
may be fully exhausted soon with the expansion of this program. And that's why last night I renewed uh, my call on the federal government uh, to provide more test kits and to approve more easy-to-use tests for the public. Here in Canada, uh, Health Canada has only approved um, a handful of tests, whereas in Europe, well over 100 have been authorized and are in use. So we need a broader spectrum of tests, easy-to-use tests, uh, to increase uh, their availability to the public. It was a year ago this week that the first doses of COVID-19 vaccine arrived in Alberta, and now more than 7 million doses of vaccines have been administered across the province. 89.3% of Albertans who are 12 years of age or older are at, uh, are at least partially vaccinated, that is to say with at least one dose, and 84.9% have now been fully immunized. So that's great news. In the last weeks, we have also uh, further expanded eligibility for booster doses and begun administering a pediatric first doses to children between the ages of 5 and 11. Uptake for both of these has been strong. To date, we've administered more than 93,000 pediatric doses to young Albertans between the ages of 5 and 11, and there are more than uh, 17,000 appointments that are booked uh, for the uh, next four weeks. I want to thank all of those young Albertans and their parents and guardians for taking advantage of the opportunity to protect themselves and those around them from COVID-19. While we continue to learn more about the Omicron variant, it does appear that uh, vaccines continue to provide important protection from severe illness, although perhaps slightly reduced from Delta. However, emerging real-world evidence indicates that Omicron is more infectious and is causing more breakthrough infections, both for those who, uh, who have antibodies from prior infection, as well as those who have received two doses of vaccination. And that is why we've been working hard to get Albertans their third shot, their booster shots, once they reach the six-month interval since their last uh, vaccine dose. And when it comes to COVID booster shots, we have administered more than uh, 532,000 additional doses to date. Boosters help to provide an extra but important layer of protection against the virus, which is especially important as we face Omicron and head into the winter season as people uh, begin to gather indoors more frequently. In light of evolving glo global evidence around the Omicron variant uh, and what we know about waning immunity, I'm also announcing the next stage in our booster rollout. Starting today, any Albertan 50 years of age and over, as well as all healthcare workers, can book an appointment for a third dose provided six months have passed since they received their second dose. This means that in total, there are now about 2 million Albertans who have either uh, already received or can book boosters. This includes those who were previously eligible, plus about 150,000 healthcare workers and 550,000 Albertans who are between the ages of 50 and 59 who now become eligible. We would uh, like to be able to offer these doses to all Albertans uh, after, as soon as their six-month interval is over, but the reality is we can only increase appointment availability at the pace of the, of the supply that we have uh, procured by the federal government. On yesterday's call with the Prime Minister, several premiers, including myself, raised the issue of vaccine supply 
and urge the government of Canada to pick up the pace of, the, of delivery to our provinces so we can get uh, that extra layer of protection uh, to Albertans just as soon as they pass the six-month interval. As of today, we have about 475,000 uh, Pfizer or Moderna, that is mRNA doses, in Alberta's inventory, and we have about 64,000 appointments currently booked over the next uh, 20, 28 days. While this, this may seem like there are a lot of surplus doses, the truth is that appointment bookings make up only about one-third of the number of doses administered, as there are far more walk-ins at pharmacies. And uh, from what we have seen to date, we can expect at least 65% of eligible Albertans, including these newly eligible individuals, 50-plus, uh, to get a booster dose. That's a total of approximately 1 million in expected demand and a supply of only 475,000 right now. You, you can see the challenge. In other words, we uh, unfortunately do not yet have enough doses fully to open booking for every Albertan that would like one. We are experiencing about uh, 230,000, we're expecting, excuse me, about 230,000 more mRNA doses, and I'm hopeful that we'll be able to open up additional age groups in the near future. We know that many Albertans are nearing their six-month mark, so we'll continue to push uh, the federal government to get us as much supply as possible. In the meantime, I encourage eligible Albertans to get their boosters as soon as they are able and uh, to take an mRNA vaccine uh, that is available. I'd like to reassure Albertans that uh, two doses of mRNA vaccine, whether it's Pfizer or Moderna, remain highly effective at protecting us from severe illness, hospitalization, or death. So where, wherever you are now, whether you're eligible or not for the dose of COVID-19, the third dose, or have yet to receive your first or second shot, I encourage you to do so as soon as possible to get the best possible protection against the virus. Getting fully vaccinated continues to be one of the most important things that we can do, along with continuing to follow the targeted public health measures in place. Each person's individual actions have truly made a difference in our battle with COVID-19. And following public health measures has worked to limit transmission previously. We must, and we've seen that since uh, Albertans got on top of the fourth wave through their diligence over the past uh, three months. We must continue to be cautious to protect ourselves against COVID-19 and make sure that we do not compromise uh, the progress that we've made. Albertans have been through so much over the past 20 months, 21 difficult months, including Christmas, where people couldn't celebrate uh, in person with loved ones from other households. I know this was incredibly difficult last year for many families. And in light of Omicron's emergence, I know that many Albertans may be asking, will we be able to get together with family this year for the holidays? In considering the precautions we are taking against Omicron, in balance with our current numbers, we are making some measured changes to our gathering restrictions to allow Albertans safely to gather with their loved ones from different households. While we are not increasing the number of people permitted for private indoor social gatherings, we are making two adjustments. First, Effective immediately, we are removing the two-household cohort maximum. This means that you can get together with up to 10 adults uh, from more than two different households. Children and youth, 17 and younger, will not count towards that 10-person limit. Second, this gathering limit now applies to all Albertans, regardless of their vaccination status, 
meaning that both vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals uh, may have small indoor gatherings in homes. Until today, Alberta was the only province to have uh, to prohibit indoor social uh, socializing or gatherings of unvaccinated individuals, which we uh, have concluded is leading to widespread noncompliance. And now with 90% of adults having some level of vaccine prote protection, uh, we believe it is no longer necessary. With rapid tests now widely available, I would encourage those hosting holiday gatherings to consider using them in order to protect their guests. Even with these changes, Alberta has amongst the strictest social gathering measures in the country. We wish that we could further relax these and other public health measures now. I was very much hoping to do so before Christmas, but regrettably, uh, what we are expecting in terms of Omicron spread requires that we uh, be cautious and prudent in the weeks to come. I encourage everyone to take the necessary precautions to enjoy the holiday season safely, and that means uh, staying home, if you're feeling sick and getting tested, if you have symptoms of COVID-19. We've seen how quickly things can change with COVID if we're not careful. And that's why we must all continue to do our part. It's also why Alberta Health and Alberta Health Services are preparing for the worst should Omicron result in a dramatic impact on healthcare capacity. That means uh, gearing up surge capacity in ICUs and uh, reviewing policies around long-term care staff and staff exposure. I should also note that uh, at 12.01 this morning, the state of public health emergency declared in September has lapsed. We will continue to monitor the situation closely and keep Albertans informed of developments with the Omicron variant. Uh, and if we need to take additional uh, action to protect Albertans, to save lives and to preserve our healthcare system, Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Then we will do so. Um, as we said, the news conference continues. Um, and one of the stories that's developing this morning is what's going to happen with professional sports, specifically hockey. They're nearing the point they are going to have to make a decision here very, very soon. Two games postponed last night. The Flames announcing this morning that the number of COVID cases in their organization is now 27 teams across the league reporting cases. So what are they going to do about it? Premier Kenny was talked about what's going to happen with hockey in Alberta. Aaron Collins, CBC. Uh, that's a question for the Premier. Just uh, curious, there's now 16 cases, uh, 16 players on the Calgary Flames who have uh, are in the NHL's COVID protocol. So I'm curious um, if you're comfortable with, uh, you know, 20,000 people 
going to see games at NHL arenas, or are you considering, you know, reducing spectator capacity? We haven't had that discussion. I would point out that uh, the NHL and other large events have been operating uh, over the past three months within the restriction exemption program as numbers have continued to decline sharply for COVID in Alberta. That would strongly suggest that the restriction exemption program has been working, that we have not seen uh, widespread community transmission uh, from those large events that are compliant with the rules. Um, we will always uh, analyze emerging data uh, and uh, we'd be happy to have a discussion with uh, the, the team management and, and the NHL. Uh, but at this point, as I say, for the last three months, we've had uh, those large events compliant with the REP as the numbers have come down um, quite dramatically. So we think the program's been working uh, quite well. And Aaron, do you have a follow-up today? Uh, yeah, another hockey-related one, I guess. We're, we're also hosting the World Junior Championships over the holidays and, you know, obviously an international tournament, to large groups of people traveling from all around the world to come to Alberta to participate. Has there been any thought or planning given to changing spectator capacity for that or, or even postponing or, or canceling the tournament given its sort of international component? Well, in terms of the international component, the organizers will have to deal with the Government of Canada, which regulates international travel. I understand they may be modifying uh, travel protocols later today. Um, at the same time, the federal government did provide a, a certain limited travel exemptions for major international sporting events over the past two years. Um, that included, for example, the... Uh, the uh, NHL, the Stanley Cup uh, end of season and finals that we hosted in Edmonton and a number of other events. So there are ways of doing these things safely. In terms of crowd attendance, uh, I'll just uh, repeat what I said about uh, other major events. They have to be compliant with the resistant re restriction exemption program, which means anybody attending or participating uh, must present a proof of a full vaccination uh, or a, a recent negative COVID test result. And that program has been working well. Uh, it has been in place with many large events while the numbers have come down dramatically in Alberta. So we, we take some encouragement from that. So there's Premier Jason Kenney talking about a situation that I think is uh, it's one of the more pressing right now uh, when we talk about what's going on with COVID and this Omicron variant, if that's in fact what's dealing or causing the problems in the National Hockey League, the NBA, the NFL. We're nearing a crisis point when it comes to sport. And as you heard in that question, we've got the World Junior Hockey Championships coming up in Alberta in a week or so. And we also have the Olympics looming in February. It, it's teetering on the brink here. So let's find out uh, exactly what's going on in Calgary. It's, it's catastrophic, really, with the Flames right now. Let's check in with Dave McIver. Dave, uh, what are we up to, 27 cases now in the Calgary Flames organization? Yeah, 27 uh, members of the organization total. Um, pretty much the whole roster for the Calgary Flames, and now we've added seven additional support staff, three coaches. Uh, it's taken its run right through the entire uh, organization. Now, the interesting thing here, if you take a look at how this is sort of spreading through Western Canada, the Oilers, I think, have one or two players and a coach that have entered COVID protocol so far. The Canucks, as we know, uh, this all happened shortly after the visit from the Carolina Hurricanes. Now, we're not going to cast blame here, but it certainly looks coincidental, if nothing else, right? 
Well, yeah, and then Carolina had their game against Minnesota canceled, yep. not canceled, postponed last night. And then you look at what's happening with the Boston Bruins, yep. who were here on Saturday night. Your Boston Bruins, Shay. Yes. Um, Brad Marchand and Patrice Bergeron now in COVID-19 protocols. So it, it seems to be um, just kind of spreading throughout those last five or six games, at least through the, those teams that played against each other. Now, is there any um, indication we might get an update from the Flames or the NHL today, Dave? Any Anybody saying, okay, we realize that we've got uh, a bit of a fire burning here and we'll we'll tell you what we're planning to do to address it. Um, what are we expecting to hear from either the teams or the league? Well, we're not sure if Brad Trilliving is going to talk today for the Calgary Flames. He's talked the last two days, so I wouldn't be surprised if he does. But uh, Pierre Lebrun with The Athletic uh, tweeted out this morning that the NHL and the NHLPA will hold another call today on what they're going to do. Are they going to be enhancing protocols, uh, making decisions? Of course, as you mentioned, we have the Olympics looming here. The NHL has until January 10th to get out of that deal without any financial penalty. So there are definitely discussions going on, not only in the NHL. You look at the NFL as well. Adam Schefter with ESPN reporting that their PA and uh, league will meet today, or not meet today, but uh, have a phone call today to discuss that because they've had 75 players over the last two days going to COVID-19 protocol as well. And the NBA also dealing with their same yeah. problem. I mean, what do Chicago Bulls have 10 players out, right? Yeah, Toronto Raptors uh, were supposed to play tomorrow night against the Chicago Bulls. That game's not happening. Uh, one of the league stars, Giannis Antetokounmpo, he is also in COVID-19 with the uh, reigning champ Milwaukee Bucks. So it's it's not uh, a situation that's just relegated to one league or one situation. It's something that's happening across all three leagues. And i got to be honest with you, Shay, yesterday kind of reminded me of uh, March 20th when, yes. when sports went away and, and shut down. And I kind of got that same feeling yesterday. I hope we're not headed in that direction, but certainly some decisions have to be made because uh, it's just not working the way it's supposed to right now. Now, here's the question, Dave. The players that, we, that are affected with the Calgary Flames, or anybody that's affected with the Calgary Flames right now, they're vaccinated. Do we know? Are they, are they ill? Or is this just a positive test? Would they have even known if they weren't tested? Do you know? So two days ago on Monday, it was we had heard that they were asymptomatic. Now, Bradshaw Living wouldn't go as far as that yesterday, but he did say that they're doing well. So it doesn't seem or appear that anybody, at least in the group leading up until today, had any symptoms. But, I mean, without talking to the players directly, we, we just won't know until we can. Yeah, exactly. Okay, Dave, thanks so much for the update. Appreciate your time. No problem. Thanks, Shay. Yeah, that's Dave McIver. Um, 770 CHQR Sports. Uh, and the situation, as he said, we're, we're up to 27 cases now uh, reported by the Calgary Flames organization. The Oilers, I'm just looking for their latest numbers. I know they have uh, Dave Tippett, head coach in COVID protocol. Um, McLeod is in protocol, I believe. Uh, the Canucks had a bunch. And they, they were all connected. They all played uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Bruins went into Calgary and played the Flames on Saturday night, right? The Bruins now have Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, Craig Smith in COVID protocol. So it's spreading throughout the league. The question, though, is, okay, what's the NHL going to do? If this Omicron spreads as virulently as we know it does, right? They're saying three, four times worse in terms of how it spreads when compared with Delta. Um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do this. It's going to spread because we know if you're vaccinated, you can still get a case. But if you're vaccinated and these people are all healthy, if they're not actually getting sick, at some point, what's the decision? Do you shut down the NFL, the NBA, and the NHL for a virus, a variant that's spreading through the league, but nobody's really getting sick? I mean, when we shut things down, as Dave said, back on March 20th, a year and a half ago now, things were very different. We weren't 
at 89% vaccinated rates, 100% vaccinated rates in the NHL, with the exception of one player. At what point do you say, okay, every time there's a new variant that shows up, we need to assess how dangerous it is. And I understand, and Dr. Hinshaw was talking about it this morning, if you have a massive number of new cases, a certain number of them will translate into hospitalizations and death. There's no doubt. You know, that's the risk. If you've got... 10 cases of a very, very severe illness, and eight of them end up in hospital. The same thing will happen if you get eight out of 100, and you get 100 cases of the less virulent strain. I understand how the math works. But the question is, at some point, what do we do? You know, this this strain has arrived now, and from what we're hearing from the doctors in South Africa, the illness that it's causing is... Very, very mild. I understand it's early, but what we're hearing from everybody in South Africa hospitalization rates and death counts aren't going up in terms of the racial cases to hospitalizations. It seems to be much, much lower. The severity of the illness is much, much lower. And our vaccination rates are about as high as you can get. So are we in a position where we have to start talking about shutting down NHL again? Throughout this pandemic, there's been people that I've leaned on. Dr. Jason Kinderchuk is one. Um, and our next guest is another, Dr. Shazma Mathani, who is an ER doc in the city of Edmonton, and has always shot it to me straight and told me exactly what's going on, and I appreciate it. So I'm glad you could join us today, Dr. Mathani, because I'm swimming a little bit here. Um, how are you doing, first of all? Um, I'm good. I, I worked last night, so just kind of still waking up a little bit, but I'm happy <laughs> to be here. So thanks for having me. I always appreciate you, and I know you, you put in incredible hours, so I appreciate you taking a moment for us. Um, I'm The situation, it... it yeah, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels to me kind of like it felt back in March of 2020, where we're starting to see cases popping up. Where ha- I mean, there's just a steady stream of news conferences today from federal ministers and provincial ministers and our minister of health and all, and talking about we got to do this and we got to do that and things are happening. Um, what as a as a medical professional, when you look at what's going on right now, what do you think about the situation we're in? You know, I think, Shay, you had a really good analogy there, but it does really feel like... It does. Um, yeah, like March of 2020 when, when all of this new information was being thrown at us and, and there was this level of uncertainty. And I will say that I, I feel that same level of uncertainty right now. Um, you know, we have this new variant, the Omicron variant, and we're just starting to, to learn about how it's behaving. Um, we still don't have all of the information to know how it's behaving and how it's going to continue to behave. Um, so I guess I am glad to see that this is being taken seriously mm-hmm. um, because it, 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 this could this could be a big problem, right? If if we if we let our guards down too quickly, um, we could be in a situation like we were about a year ago, where Delta was the, was kind of the new emerging variant, and it led into to multiple waves after that, right? And so um, I, I do want uh, to you know to kind of convey the message to exercise caution right now because um, there's still a lot of emerging information and, and things could really go one way or the other depending on how the next several weeks and months go. Exactly, I think you're right. I think, and that's the frustrating part is we're getting a little bit of information and we know this thing spreads like wildfire. We know that, and I guess the consideration we have to have here is even if the illness is less severe, and that's what we're being led to believe so far, although it's early and we don't know for sure, but early indications are the illness that it causes is less severe. But if it causes 10 times the number of cases, uh, you're still going to see the impact on the healthcare system. That's the consideration we have to have. 
That's exactly right. I, I mean, you, you phrased it perfectly. That's exactly right. I mean, we know one thing that we do know, I think, consistently now is that Omicron is definitely more transmissible than even Delta. Mm-hmm. And so in, in that context, even if there is a mild illness, like you said, um, if if tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands or millions of people are getting infected with it based on numbers alone, right? Based on numbers alone, we will see an increase in, in the need for, for hospitalizations and hospital capacity. And that, and that's the big concern. Um, Yes. Our vaccination rates are, are much better than they were with when we were facing the fourth wave with Delta. Um, But we also know that because um, this variant is behaving like we would expect it to, there is vaccine um, escape, right? So it's not going to be, the vaccine, the two doses are, are certainly being shown to not be as effective against Omicron, and that's also another concern here. So there are a few different factors um, that could potentially lead us down a bad path. Um, the, the, the question I have is, and like you say, I think we need to be cautious and we need to watch and be very careful what's happening. In the meantime, um, we see Jason Kenney saying we're going to loosen up restrictions. I mean, they're not throwing them wide open by any means around Christmas. You still have a 10-person limit on household gatherings, but they've changed how many households they can come from and whether or not the people involved are vaccinated. He was just vaccinated and only from two households. Now those restrictions have been lifted. Um, is that being overly reckless or, you know, the 10-person limit? Is that still cautious enough? So, uh, yes and no. So I, I don't mind the 10, the 10 person limit. What I really don't like about that is that un, the unvaccinated can gather. I mean, we know that, that those, um, those Albertans or those Canadians even have been the biggest risk throughout, um, throughout the latter waves of this pandemic after we've had vaccines. Um, so Delta is still our dominant strain right now, right? And we, mm-hmm. we know that Delta is, uh, can be very, very severe in the unvaccinated. Yes. I mean, that was, that was how the fourth wave went for us. It was terrible. And it was mostly unvaccinated who were having very severe illness. And so um, let's not forget the fact that Delta is actually still our dominant strain by a long shot right now. Um, and, and to allow uh, multiple unvaccinated people to gather indoors over the holidays, I think is um, very concerning. And I think that it's dangerous. Um, when we go forward from here, and uh, you know, the question, uh, let's just talk about the hockey thing. And this is you and I spitballing because we have no involvement in anything here. Um, mm-hmm. What I'm wondering is if you've got a bunch of guys who are testing positive, but they're not sick. Like, we're not being told that any of these guys are severely ill. Uh, all the b- reports that we're hearing from all the different sports leagues and stuff is, you know, some of these guys didn't even know. Some of them had very mild symptoms. That's that's where we have that flipping point. And I know you and I aren't going to make these decisions. Uh, I'm just wondering, though, when we have Omicron and it spreads like wildfire, is there some... What's that line in in your mind? And maybe I'm putting you a spot, and if you don't know, you don't have to answer. But uh, at some point, do you sort of say... Okay, it, now we're into that stage where it's very, very virulent, just like the flu, but the symptoms are just like the flu. And I'm not saying COVID is the flu, but maybe this strain is more flu-like. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do, yeah. So, do we- so yeah, so what, where's the line? I, and I hear what you're saying, and, and at, at, at some point we need to get to that point, right? Yes, like using, yeah. using the term endemic, right? Like yeah. we, we went through this uh, prematurely in the summer. Um, but, but yes, like that is the direction that we need to go in. The problem right now with Omicron is that we just don't have enough information to know that for sure. Okay. The, the evolution of these viruses, right, of, of coronaviruses and other viruses is that they end up, they tend to evolve to be more transmissible, but less severe and yes. then become kind of like a common cold strain. Um, I'm, we just don't know if we're there yet. That's the problem. Exactly. We just have to be patient and wait. And I think patience is something that's run very thin for so many of us at this <laughs> point of the pandemic. Uh, doctor, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, always a pleasure to chat. 
You bet. Thanks, Shay. That is Dr. Shazma Mathani, who is an ER doc here in the city of Edmonton. She works at the Royal Alec. And, um, you know, and I think she's right. And uh, it's, that's that's the frustrating part, I think, for a lot of us is if we've got to wait, and I agree we've got to wait, they keep telling us, well, we don't have all the information on Omicron. We don't know exactly what it's going to mean. Okay, fair enough. But there's, because I'm a human being, there's part of me that says, yeah, okay, but I keep hearing these doctors say, don't worry about it because it spreads really fast, but nobody gets very sick. Well, I can't accept that as being true any more than if another doctor said, oh, it makes people really, really sick because we don't know. And I guess we will ultimately know. The fact of the matter is, though, and this doesn't change no matter what, and I've said this on the air many times for many months now, once you've been vaccinated, you've shot your shot. That's it. What do we have around the corner? Is it more restrictions? Is it closing down schools if this gets bad? That's what I'm saying is what, at some point, once you've done, we're at like 85% of the eligible population in this province is vaccinated, 85%. And we're, we're ramping it up. Now we're going into boosters and stuff like that. And I believe in the vaccine. That's why I've had three of them. But what else can I do? I mean, I, I, that's what I'm willing to do. Am I willing to not go to the theater, go out for dinner, have people over, all these sorts of stuff long-term? I don't think people are. I think that's what the premier is trying to say is, listen, at some point we have to recognize that there is a limitation to what people will go along with. Thanks for listening today. To hear any of our other interviews, you can find them wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to rate and review us.